Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your turn to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Henry Kellum, the man. The he is known. From I screwed that up. Dirt Road to Rodeo. Did I say it right? Yes, sir. Dirt Road to Rodeo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So Henry, welcome to the show, my man. How are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Any day that I wake up is a great day. It's a gift from the creator. And that's the truth. So yeah. Henry's actually from my home state, North Carolina, right? You're from Yes, Wallace, North Carolina. I'm about an hour and fifteen minutes on the east side of Raleigh, going toward Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay. We're going toward the coast. Country boy. Country boy. Like, I literally, my road is still a dirt road right now. That's why I say from the dirt road to Rodeo. Still a dirt road that, like it was when I grew up down there, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Ha- hasn't anything changed. So I want to, when I say dirt road to Rodeo, a lot of people might think I'm glorifying Rodeo Drive, and it's, but it's nothing like that. I, I want to take this chance to say dirt road to Rodeo was about me having a vision as a child. And, and, I, and I came obsessed with an idea, and I had no idea how I was going to move to Beverly Hills. Remember that show, um, The Beverly Hillbillies? Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, Jed, Jed had, had struck oil, and he was like, I'm going to move the family to Beverly Hills. He packed up and he moved to Beverly Hills. And I remember thinking, okay, the country family, they out of their environment in Beverly Hills, but, you know, he, he got rich and took the family. And you know how when you were a child, I was just like, I'm going to move to Beverly Hills one day. Didn't think about it. Didn't ask myself how. I just said, I'm going to move to Beverly Hills. And, and then I remember, like, you know, I was talking about I'm going to move to California. And, you know, you're young. And my brothers and them was like, well, how are you going to get there? And I was like, I'm going to think my way there. Not knowing intuitively what I was saying or even by holding the vision of Beverly Hills in my mind and what I was doing. I didn't realize that until later in life because I loved to study. And I started to study about the mind and the, sub, the subconscious mind and learning about the brain and how it thinks and mental images. And, the, and because I, had, I held that vision and I was always present of what I was thinking, I, I could see my thoughts manifest. You know what I mean? I started paying attention. 
because um, my, my father wasn't there when I was young and I was mad. I'm a boy and he got two other kids and he was take, he was present in their life. So I remember um, he had left North Carolina and moved to New Jersey. And when he would, he would come down from New Jersey to visit, he wouldn't even let me and my brother, Alex Pooh, that, that passed, we'll get to that later when we was 13, he wouldn't even let us know he was in town. So my brother, my half brothers would say, hey, our daddy is gonna be in town. Don't, don't, don't tell nobody I told you, just stop by his, his mother, your grandmother's house, and you know, act like it was a coincidence so you can get a chance to see him. So as a child, that made you feel like, am I not good enough? Am I not worthy? because my own dad ain't making an effort to see me. So I grew up mad at the world, but that made me block out the world. And I remember being young and I said, you know, if my dad is not here to tell me what to do, can't nobody tell me what to do. So that translated into me being a hard-headed child in school, but what it made me do was listen to that inner voice. And I talked to myself a lot. And I used to walk down that dirt road and ask questions. And I just began, and I used to tell people, hey, I live in my mind because I'm telling myself these stories and I love talking to myself. I know I guess people think I'm crazy, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking to myself and <laughs> all of that. But that was the only way I could find a little solitude from the hurt and the pain. And it was like a defense that I put up. But what I tapped into was that inner voice and, and, and really listening to that. So the whole dirt road to Rodeo was just a testament. And the crazy thing is, you know, I'm from North Carolina. Um, Bible Belt, of course, church on every corner. So I grew up studying the Bible. I could not understand it. I even took Bible study classes. And I remember asking certain questions. And like, let's say, for example, love thy enemy, right? I could not understand why do I have to love my enemy? And I asked that question over and over and over. And then, you know, life gets in the way and you're going about your business. But subconsciously, I didn't know that was still there. And then I would see things in life or learn different things. And I had those aha moments. I'm like, aha, that's what scripture meant. That's what scripture meant. So I'm not, let's say, religious at all, because I think religion is man-made. And the way I look at it is this. If we're going to argue about who God is right or what's the right translation and kill each other in the process, or not get along with each other in the process, I think it's kind of ludicrous, you know what I mean? So I would say that's a very true statement, but I, I just take you back for a quick second. So when did you have that thought of going to Beverly Hills? What age were you? And you know why I'm asking this question, I bet you. So so, so literally, I, I got to put it in the time frame. We was down the dirt road then, so I was born in 1980. So I want to say 85, the first four or five years of my life, we stayed in my grandmother's house. It was my grandmother. My grandmother had 13 kids. My mother is the youngest. She has a twin sister. They're the youngest. So my mother and her twin sister was at my grandmother's house. Both of them had three kids at the time. So that was six kids, my grandmother, my uncle. It was about 10 of us in that, in that little house the first five years. So then we moved down the dirt road. I'm just trying to get that time frame for you. So I'm saying between 85 and my brother got killed in 94. So I'm saying sometime between maybe 85 and 90, you know, um, I have to, I know the reruns of Beverly Hills was on and we was down the dirt road then. So I was, I, I had to be between, I'm going to give you a wide range. I'd say six and maybe 10, 11. I can't really pinpoint right where it is, but somewhere I was young because I was down the dirt road and I, I, I can base everything on the time frame. My brother got killed when I was 14. He was 13. 
So I can I can go from 85 to about 14 because I know where we was at down the dirt road then. But everything is kind of a, you know, it's just not exact, but I can give you that. So I was down the dirt road then, and I remember what happened, too, one Christmas. Um, I went outside, and I remember, you know, the kids, they they would um, ride in their bikes and different things, and we didn't, we didn't get anything, never had a Christmas tree in the house or anything. As a matter of fact, I asked my sister, and she said, when we was maybe three, when I was three or four years old, she's a year older than me. She said she remembered being one Christmas tree when we was really young, but I've never remember having a Christmas or a birthday till I was old enough to throw myself a birthday party. But I dropped to the ground and I said, God, why we gotta have nothing? You know, I, I just couldn't understand why every conversation was we can't do this because we don't have, we can't go to the beach because we don't have gas money. So I, I dropped to the ground and I said, God, why we gotta have nothing? And either I'm crazy or that boy said to me, I gave you a mind. You can create whatever you want. And that was the point of me asking you how old you were. Because if you think about it, you know, seven years and below is when we're, that's when we get, that's when our programming starts. So my question is, that's why I asked, were, you know, you must have been seven or below because look where you're sitting right now. Right. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and that, that, that ideal and that vision I had of myself, I always kept that. So even when I was in that environment, I used to move a different way, talk a different way, and people couldn't understand it. But what I was doing was trying to talk my way up. I was trying to hold true to that vision I had in myself. And what I did was I said, okay, I went to the end. This is the person I want to be. So how would this person behave? So I start doing those kind of behaviors even when I don't, even when I'm not that person. And this is what I used to tell my wife. I used to be like, you know, Whenever I envision myself to be somebody and I start to be that person, I walk right into it. Like I can start holding myself to certain things and then I would like literally walk right into that life. It's like the universe rearranged itself. And for years, I'm like, how can I tell people this? They're going to think I'm crazy, blase, blase. So I read a lot. And then I started reading about the power of the subconscious mind, learning about the brain. Because, you know, even I'm going to be honest with you, even being, let's say, a black man in America, right? I'm like, okay. If I go out here and tell these people something, they're going to want to know, hey, well, how do you know? Where's the science behind it? What's the fact? So if you notice, I never give you my opinion on anything. No, I'm going to just give you the fact, and then if I interpret the scripture, I'm going to say, this is my interpretation. Now you draw your own conclusion from it. You know what I'm saying? Because this is what worked for me. So I want to tell as many people as possible, because no matter what, um, like some people, I did a video the other day, I am. Everybody don't have to agree with everything, but this is the thing. If you talk positive, then what you're going to do is change the biochemistry of your brain. You, it's hormones and chemicals is what we're made up of. Depression is real. Stress is real. When people really understand that our thoughts turn on the stress response system in our body, and this right here facilitates the release of chemicals and hormones, they suppress our immune system, signals be sent to our, uh, our gut to inhibit digestion. There's a lot of people that got irritable bowel syndrome, constipation, and they don't understand why. And all I'm trying to do, and then when I look at the scripture, I'm like, when I read the scripture, and then I read the, and I, and I think about the body, I'm like, hold on. This right here makes perfect sense if you equate it to the, if you equate it to the individual and, 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 and start doing that. So it talks about a, a, a good heart and how that right there helps you stay healthy. And then when you realize what goes on in the body, when you're thinking positive, you're getting that oxytocin, that love hormone, you're getting that serotonin, that dopamine, which is uplifting the immune system, you start to understand that, yes, man will pay account for every idle word that he speaks. It shall not come back to me void, but it shall prosper in that that I send it to. 
So if you just think about the fact that each one of those words, because like Dr. Joseph Murphy said, the word is a thought expressed, they you're getting 60 to 70,000 thoughts. And, they, and, and each one of them are facilitating the release of chemicals and hormones. How many people got hormone imbalance, thyroid issues, and things like that? Because, and like, that's why on the scripture, the last thing he said, what he say? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Because we do it to ourselves. Because the biggest problem, Corey, is this. We are alive at really a special time in the evolution of humanity, when you think about it. Because we're in the age of information. Neuroscience, bio, uh, epigenetics, biology, they're finding, they finding discoveries that actually when you listen to the ancients, they was telling us all the time, but we wasn't really listening to it. But now that we know a lot of this stuff, we can literally change it. But the problem is this. Our outside environment has changed so much, especially in the last 50 years. It has really changed. But when you think about the way that environment changed, but our inside haven't changed. As far as our brain is concerned, for example, we're still on the prairie. We're still on the savannah. So when we wake up in the morning, our cortisol levels are high. Why? Because we're looking for danger. Because we're looking for a predator. But in this new world, what is that? That's negativity on the news. That's the uh, that's what somebody said about you. That's um, what they said on Instagram. Who didn't like your comment? Now the threat is not a real threat from outside. It's a perceived threat. You can sit on your couch and think about what's going to happen and turn on the stress response. Or you can ruminate on what somebody said to you years ago and turn on the stress response. Because we have that neocortex. But if we don't know this, then we'll be hurting ourselves. But that's why the first thing the Greek said was what? Know thyself. And I tell people knowledge of self is the first thing. So for me, I needed to know that the cortisol levels was high. Cause you know what? You know, I used to wake up, I'd be mad as hell at somebody. Like, why did they do that? And um, and, and then before I before I learned to be proactive, you know, I sent a text message or you know, early in the morning, but then I had to realize what is going on. Oh, that's a part of evolution. That's natural for the brain to do that. Now we understand why the world's so negative because the brain is for your survival. So it's searching out negativity. It responds to negativity because it's a threat. Right. It don't respond to positivity as much. So we have to search out the positivity in the world. If our brain is hardwired to search for the negativity, we got to rewire that for the positivity. That's why you hear me say gratitude, gratitude, gratitude in the morning. Say your I am's. And everything, Corey, um, it came naturally. And what I mean is this. When I was in the environment, right, so think about it. We grew up dirt poor. Wallace, North Carolina, uh, like picking blueberries. A lot of people don't know when I say picking blueberries, it was a $1.50 a bucket. So my mother, 16, 17, 18, she had three kids already. Father was not there. She dropped out of high school. So she couldn't even get a job. And she was picking blueberries. You had to be 12 years old to pick blueberries at that, at that time in North Carolina. She used to sneak me in the field, so I was about nine years old. And that's how we made the money for the day-to-day living, picking blueberries. You know, that's, that, that, that's where I come from. I'm sorry, how did I get sidetracked, Corey? I get to talk. No, you're good. You're good. But I do want to hit on you. You said you, you mentioned I am several times because that's one of the things that you harp on. But I want to tell you something, though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to cut you off. So I So – I have not, I haven't had a drink, an alcoholic drink in over 11 years. And, and I went to AA for a long time, right? Okay. And this is what happened. I realized that I was standing up saying, I am an alcoholic every time I went to that meeting. And I got to tell you, dude, when I realized what I was saying, I went, uh, absolutely not. I am not going to identify as that broken person anymore because I'm not. 
that broken person anymore. And when I made that decision, when I learned about I am, I stopped going to AA and I still have not picked up a drink, not one, and I don't have any desire to, because I'm not an alcoholic. I just don't drink. Attention contractors of the Successful Life Podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, SuccessfulLifePodcast.com, and click on the free download button to grab your copy of Warning When Hiring a Leadership Coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out. There you go. There you go. And, and that's what we don't understand, the word and how powerful it is. And every time you said that, in your brain, you was wiring that neural network a lot more. You was digging it deeper in, and that's what we got to understand. And that's why, I remember, they said in the beginning there was the word, the word was God, and God was the word, and God became the word, and the word became flesh. God is looked at as a creator. Our words create. Abracadabra. I create what I speak. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. that's why the, the word, but let me tell you how I was, I was giving you how I learned that naturally. So like I said, we grew up dirt poor. That's why I was telling you about us working in the fields, right? So this is what happened. When you grow up in lack and limitation, that's all you talk about. So what I noticed was everybody talked about what they didn't have, what they couldn't do. And I was sitting, I was young, and, I, and you know, I really, I thank God for, for, for being this intuitive or I don't know if it was just Where? meant to be or what, what it was. But I, I noticed and I said, hmm, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm not going to ever speak on anything I don't want and what I don't have. I know I don't want, I, I don't want it, I don't have it. I ain't got to keep talking about it. If there's one thing, I talk about that. So if you go back and ask anybody about me, I've always been, even I show you some of my kid pictures, you'll see, I'm always smiling. Even though we didn't have anything, I'm always smiling because I always intuitively knew it's going to be a better day. I knew that I could be in control of certain things, so I learned that naturally. Then I started learning about the I am concept and the power of the words and, 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 and imagination. And I'm like, you know, I walked a certain way and talked a certain way so I could become a certain guy. I did it naturally. So now let me tell the people as much as possible. So that's, that's where it all came from. It all came naturally. And even now trying to be positive. Why? I used to react bad. Like people let you know, like, you know, because when you come from lack and limitation and you feel like you're not good enough, you know, you're always coming from a place of defense. And if you're in survival mode, you know, it's, you know, survival, me against them. So I had to learn that. And especially now, Corey, I'm in a totally different environment. And what I found was since I've been here, if I think like I thought then, I sabotage things in this environment. I have to think a totally different way. So when I say live out loud, like I'm learning the process now. Some people look and they say, oh, you made it, this and that. No, every day I get up and I grind and I go hard. I don't complain. Some people, if they knew my situation, they had, they'd be like, if I had your hands, I'd just cut mine off or whatever. You know, like I, they don't really want it, but I don't, I don't complain. My mother used to say when you're young, look to your left, look to your right. You'll find somebody doing worse than you. Never complain. So we don't, I, don't, I don't do the complaining. I just keep striving. And then I, I gamble. So, you know, I'm like, look, I hit my card on the river if I have to. You know what I mean? Some will sell, nothing won't. I just got to keep putting it out there and let the people respond to it. But even now, Corey, I will say this. Even like me and you on this journey, it's been so wonderful that if I had not put myself out there, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. So to me, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still living out loud. And I'm just trying to, when I was down that dirt road, I prayed for some help. 
I, I used to look to the sky like something, and when it didn't come, I said, you know, I'd be to the world what I needed. So that's why, like, I feel like it's my duty that if I know one thing that help help somebody, I need to let them know, hey, the brain can't focus on negativity and positivity at the same time. So naturally seek out the positive stuff, and that way you'll rewire your brain to look for more positivity in the world. It's a thing called a reticular activated system in your brain, and this thing really works. When you get a new car, now all of a sudden you see a lot of those cars. Why? What you told your brain is this is important to me. So now your brain is searching it out. What a lot of people don't understand is the brain is a sensory information tool and it blocks out 99% of the information coming at us because there's so much information coming at us that if we took it all in, we literally blow up. Yeah. So this is a key to life to anybody right there listening. The perception, your brain only lets you see what you believe to be true about you. Mm. So perception is reality. You know what I mean? Perception is reality. You can train that reticular activating system to search out for what you want to in the world. So I block out, and that's, listen, what they say, stand guard at the doorway of your mind. Right. Stand guard. Why? And when you stand guard, what do you do? Hold on. You can't get in. You can't, like, you vigilant about what you see. You vigilant about what you hear because you understand the word is a seed, and if it seeps down to the subconscious mind, it will come back up to the conscious mind and produce, and the right brain thinks in mental images. That's Listen, right. watch the NBA basketball. Now they got these corporations on the jerseys. We're looking for basketball, but you see the corporations, and all of them corporations paying 5 to $10 million just to have their logo on the jersey because they know that it affects your, 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 your right brain. And now you'll be thinking about this. And if you think about it to your brain, you're telling your brain that's what you want. If you visualize that, that's what you want. That's why it says stand guard at the doorway of your mind because the conscious mind is going to lead to the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is going to produce whatever. Well, if you think you ain't good enough, subconscious mind will say, okay, you ain't good enough, you ain't good enough. It's just like having a genie. And whatever it asks, you ask for, it's going to give you. Literally, the universe, the subconscious mind is your genie. That's exactly, dude, you're you so right. To your reticular yeah. activator, uh, activate uh, the RTA uh, comment. So here's a great example, right? I There's a this bottle of water, right? It's called Polar po Poland Spring, right? I don't, I can't find it anywhere other than one place because I, because I just started drinking it maybe five, six weeks ago, and I like the bottle because it's wide, blah, blah, blah. I told my wife the other day, I said, damn, I said, we're going to have to get back sooner so I can go to the food line that I know where this is at. We pull over to a gas station, what did I find? Is it in your awareness? I mean, it was literally within a half an hour, and I went, what the? And so I got the car, and I said, that's the power of the mind right there. It is. Listen. And, and, and when we understand, like, who we are, literally, I mean, we can go energy, and we got to understand that we're made up of, this is science, 90, we're made up of cells, our cells are made up of atoms. When they bust down these atoms, they was going to find what we were made of, and they were like, it's 99.9% .9 empty space in here. It's only energy. So if you look at your skin under a microscope that 20,000 times, you'll see the cells moving around. Right. I said that to say this. You got an energy field around you. I got an energy field around me. If we meet each other, you say, I got a bad vibe about this guy. What you're really saying is I'm vibrating here. He's vibrating there. The energy is off because our energy fields connect without us even touching. It's like what seems to be empty space. All of this is energy. So there's another quote in, 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 in scripture that says, in him we live and move and have our being. 
we live in a sea of energy. That's exactly what it is. Even though it's invisible, we can't see it. And then I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing a webinar, and this is why I do these webinars because I like to tell people I'm not a science. T I don't. I'm not a, sci a scientist. I'm a storyteller, and I like to equate. Like, let's say, for instance, I'm doing a, a webinar on the mind gut, and it's so interesting about the enteric nervous system and about that, that sits in our stomach. And I, and I want people to know, you know, this, this information so they can begin to look at themselves different. So in our, in our gut, we have a, a hundred trillion microorganisms that live inside of our gut. These microorganisms communicate with the microorganisms in the ground and the microorganisms in the air and all other microorganisms. They evolved about four billion years ago. For the first three billion years, they was the only things on the planet. As a matter of fact, scientists just now, over the last 10 years, once they realized that when you consider the microorganisms that live in our gut and they got 8 million genes, only 1% of our genes would be um, a human. So now they're trying to see, do we exist for the microorganisms that live inside of us? But it's a symbiosis that they digest the foods that we can't, the fiber that we can't digest, they digest that so we can get the nutrients and calories for that. But when we understand this, we can begin to look at ourselves different. For example, our gut, if you unfold it, it's the size of 200, 200 times the surface area of our skin, it's about the size of a basketball court. Well, it, a picture of a basketball court with 100 million sensors. And every time a player run, jump, dunk, this is taking, a, taking account the acceleration, a deceleration, a height, they weight, taking all this information. Every millisecond is sending it to the brain. That's what's going on inside of you when you eat the food. What's the texture? How much hydrochloric acid is it going to take to break this food down? So the intelligence that's inside of you is amazing. And I want people to start to get that. that that's when it said, the kingdom of heaven will not be coming with size to be observed. So if they say, low, here it is, or there, no. The kingdom of heaven is within. So I read the scripture and then I look at the traditions of men and I say, well, something is off because the scripture says one thing and men do something totally different. You see what I'm saying? No. So I just read the scripture and try to make sense of it because if we look at it on the fleshly, what are we going to do? We're all going to fight and argue on the planet. And that's why I said to deal with the flesh is death. But the spirit is God, because if we deal with the flesh, we're going to see differences. But what's that one common thing that connects us all? It's that energy. We can call it energy. We can call it spirit. We can call it consciousness. Whatever you want to call it. You can't get away from the fact that we're all connected. And us on this earth, it's just like the human body. If the cells in the human body don't work together, you're going to have a dis-ease. All of us on this planet, we're one organism. If we don't all work together, you're going to have dis-ease. That's why you see poverty, hung, uh, hunger, and killing, and all of this stuff going on in the world, because we don't know who we are. We don't know who we are, and until we get it right, this is what we're going to have. And for you, look, for centuries, we've been waiting on something to come save us. Somebody outside of us is going to come and save us. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I know people that went to their grave waiting on that. So we, what can we do in the meantime is the question. What can each one of us on the individual level do? Everybody wanna, everybody leaving out to go fix something. Yeah, let's go do this. But ain't nobody taking care of what's going on in the house. The house ain't straight. The bed ain't made up. You ain't cleaned out your own closet yet. You see what I'm saying? So let's all start there first. <laughs> and then right. You know and, what I mean? And here's the thing, and and, and I, I, I know you'll agree with this. You know, God is one and one is God. That means you, you and me are God and God is 
us. Us. Yes, yes. So I look at it like this. All right, you know, we, we I said, let's go back to the very beginning. They tell us it was the Big Bang. So they say all the energy that ever was, was connected, formless and void. Let there be light. And everything in this known universe came. We can know through science that we're made up of the same stuff the stars are. Right. As a matter of fact, a supernova collapsed, and that's what made this universe. So that star didn't even die because nothing dies. The energy from that star is the energy that resides in all of us. So that energy just changed form. So science and science and, 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 and spirituality say the same exact thing. They say it was the big void, the big bang, and everything existed. So that's telling us that all the energy that ever was was in the beginning. That's what it was. They telling us we broke Christ down to a man, but they saying it's the body of Christ that we all come back and it's that one body. You know what I mean? One faith, one baptism, one Lord. It's the oneness of all. And, and it's that free will that gives us the illusion of separation where we can look and see fragments and see differences. But that's going to get us nowhere on this planet together but what we have now. So we can, and the reason why I said it's a, it's a great time to be alive, because in the age of information and learning so much about the body, learning so much about the universe, you know, interesting fact, over the last 50 years, 30% of the plants and animals on this planet have become extinct. Wow. Listen, check it out, check out the fact, but guess what else? At the same time, we have lost 30% of our gut microbiota diversity on the inside over the last 50 years. So I say to you, as within, so without. Your inside is a reflection of the outside. The problem is now we're letting the outside world affect, affect our inside world. Shame. And that's the whole problem. That's the biggest, that's, that's the biggest difference. We're living life backwards. We're supposed to live it from the inside out. You know, and, and, that's, and that's the whole thing. But yeah, just check, check that out. So this pre-industrial society that we're living in now, it sped up everything. Like, think about it. We used to have home-cooked meals. Now everything is fast food, prepackaged dinner. You eat on the go. Everything is chemically made in a lab. You know what I mean? And then chemically produced to make to, for pleasure centers in the brain. And now you can want those products that are no good for you because when you eat a certain thing, you might get a hit of dopamine. That's right. And, and, and these scientists know how to trigger this because they know how these chemicals and hormones work together. That's right. So we got to understand who we are. So what I'd like to tell people is I'm going to give you a manual for your mind and body. So you can take your mind and body back. You need, you, you need that. And that's what this whole thing is about. And, you know, one of the, for example, we talked about the reticular activating system. So the brain not knowing the difference between imagination and reality is key. Yes. Why? Because you close your eyes and see what you want. The brain doesn't know if that's happening or not. But once it sees these pictures, then it knows that's what you want and that's what it's going to search out for you. So you be proactive. Otherwise, you react to everything you see. But what you don't understand is by you seeing these images, you're telling your brain what's important to you. So a lot of people worrying about the virus that's going on right now, but they don't understand. If you watch TV over the last 20, 30 years, you got a virus downloaded in your brain. You know what I mean? That'll make you self-destruct make you see these images and then you recreate this in your life, plant thoughts in your head and make you think you want something that you really don't want because you don't understand the chemistry and the biology and how it all works together. That's so true. And that goes right to, you know, to that point, you know, the folks that are freaking out right now, the folks that are just panicked, sheer worried, scared, fear, 
just, you know, just there is so caught up in their mind about what could happen. And the reality is it could, but if you don't choose to believe that it's going to happen, then most likely it won't happen. When we was young and you know how you'd be worried about something, you know what my mother used to say? We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Like, damn, if we're going to sit here today and worry about something that might not even happen, you might not even be here next week to worry about that. But what they don't understand is that goes back to the point earlier. When they worry, they, they, the brain thinks, this is what people got to understand. Worry, stress, anger, fear to the brain is stress. You might as well literally be getting chased by a lion because your body would do the same thing on a physiological level. All of that energy in your body, will, the, the digestive organs will shut down, the, 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 the blood, which is the life force, will be sent to the arms and legs so you can fight or flight. You know, so you're taking all of that energy and, and, and you're using it for an outside threat. But what we're doing today is we're perceiving a threat that's not there and we're still using that energy. And by the time you think about one thing and think about another, you turn the stress response system on, you turn it off, you turn it on, you turn it off. There's no time to rest and recuperate between stressors. And that's one of the biggest problems with the disease. There's no energy in the body. And not only that, once you keep thinking about these problems, what you're doing, you find different neural networks in the brain. You're over here, here, right now, you can't think. You got brain fog. You can't concentrate. You feel frustrated. And you don't understand what you're doing to yourself. So that's one reason I have these webinars. And people don't understand one of the most powerful things they have in the world is their breath. That's right. It's their breath, but you got to do it consciously, not unconsciously. You right. got to do it consciously and, and, and harness that power. Think about it. You come into the world taking your first breath and you go out taking your last breath. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So yeah, that, that life force. So that's why we talk a lot about, imagine getting cut off in traffic and a lot of you cursing somebody out. They might be laughing at you, this and that, but you got all this energy. The Buddha said getting angry with someone is like picking up a hot coal to throw at somebody, but you get burnt. Right. The Bible tells us all about not getting angry, not about not getting angry, because it's what's happening on the inside of you. You're literally flooding your body with stress hormones. That's right. You're flooding your body with stress hormones. And scientists know that the long-term exposure to these stress hormones, it down-regulates the genes. Some people say certain stuff running their family, but with the right lifestyle, with the right way of thinking, you don't have to turn on those genes. But overall, if long-term stress exposure, then you can turn on the bad effect of those genes. So it's all about how we think. Think about it. What did Creator say? As a man think in his heart, so is he. That was the first thing. As you think in your heart, so are you. Because, all right, I'm going to give you something. Are we in the world or is the world in us? Because think about it. It's 100 billion stars in the galaxy. But it's 100 billion neurons in your brain. You can't do anything that doesn't happen in the brain first. And what I mean is two neurons got to fire together and wire together. Right. In your brain. Right. You know, they say they call it the three-pound universe, and they say this whole thing is going down in the brain. You see what I'm saying? So we got to really understand the brain and the way it works because it's supposed to be a tool to be used by the mind. A lot of times now, people let their brain use them because they're automatic. They're reactive, and it just become a quick body consciousness, and you just automatically react, and you're releasing all of this into your body, and you don't understand, you know, why you're having these health complications and, and, the, and these mental illness. Like depression is the second is the second leading cause of disability in the United States. 
Think about that depression. 350 million people suffer from depression worldwide. Depression leads to suicides. We got 800,000 people a year committing suicide. These are our father, brothers and sisters that are reaching out. And they understand that something is not right about this life that we live in. There's something fundamentally wrong. And we all know it deep down inside that something is not right, you know, but we don't want to seem the crazy or the odd one. So a lot of times we hold it in, but we know this life that we're living, what we become accustomed to, the normal, it's not normal. You know what I mean? It's not normal. So here's another thing, too, that I thought of when you were saying that, you know, one of the things tying it back to both the, you know, the what we tell ourselves and and what we our brains unconsciously run on. We got to think about if you've got kids, if we have kids, you got to think about what you say in front of that child because they soak up everything. And what and you're doing is you're creating their pattern of thought. If I say to you, you're my, if you're my son and I'm your father and I say every day that my foot hurts, eventually, guess what? You go your foot's going to hurt. Yeah. And, yeah. and your foot's going to hurt because you're the kid. You're looking up to me and you hear me saying my foot hurts every day. Yep. Yep. Listen, my, my wife would tell you, we, um, people used to think I was anal the way I wanted to protect the environment for my daughter. Because A, I knew at me as a child, the way I looked at everything, the way I paid attention, the way I remember stuff, exposed to things that I shouldn't have been exposed to as a child. So think about it. My mother, 16, 17, 18, no guy there, young, had a child, older men around, they they using drugs, things around, I'm seeing. So I, I, I remember being young saying, when I have a child, I will not do certain things. When my wife got pregnant, we literally moved as far away from everybody in our family as possible, and we literally controlled that environment, like you said. So we know now with science, you said it earlier, from two to six or seven, the subconscious mind is being formed. That's right. A child is in a hypnotic state. This is a scientific fact. Yeah. They literally mimic their environment. You don't have to tell the kids anything. All you have to do is do it, and they're picking it up. That's right. 95% of your life is ran by your subconscious mind. You get your subconscious mind formed by the time you were seven. Most of the time you had no say so in the environment you was in and the way the older people around you thought. That's why first and foremost, we must realize that so we can go back and break some of those self-destructive patterns that we have that are built in that are automatic. First and foremost, we need to do that for ourselves. Then we need to know this for our children so we won't pass that baton to them and they just be doing the same thing. And that's what we try to do. Be actively consciously conscious with what we're saying around my daughter because we know she picks it up. I literally plant the seeds in her head, say the things that I want her to get right now yes. because I know where she is. And if, and if we don't get any of this, this is what we need to understand. And just like another going further, epigenetics shows us this now. Among, uh, the, uh, the, the Holocaust victims, right? Their kids show trauma from the Holocaust, even though they didn't experience the Holocaust. It was science has shown that the trauma gets into your cells. You pass these genes on to your kids. That's right. Epigenetics shows us that. So if we're negative, if we're fearful, we're going to pass that on to our kids. So we need to be mindful so we can stop this cycle. So it has to be know thyself because all of this comes because we don't know who we are on a biological level, how our brain works on a neurological level. That's right. So we plan against ourselves, but that's one of the most important things it is 
with those kids up until age seven. That's why they have a saying, give me a child to seven and I'll show you the man because 95% is there and it's so hard to break those, those neural networks because we form ruts. It's like, let's say you leave your house and go to the store every day the same way. It, it, it's gonna become easy. It's gonna become second nature. And you know how many days you've been on the phone talking and left your house and go to the store and didn't even realize, like you just pop up at the store, your subconscious mind drove the car for you. And that's what a lot of us are running on these automatic programs. And a lot of these programs are self-destructive for us. And we gotta realize that so we can break those neural networks. And it's, and it's hard. That's another thing with breaking these patterns. It's just, you can't just say, I'm gonna do it because you're only conscious of it five minutes. I mean, five, 5% of the time. Yeah. The other 95% is the subconscious mind. So Henry, if you could just share, uh, we gotta wrap up, but I want you just to share with everybody out there that's struggling with, you know, what, why they are where they are in life, why they're, uh, quote unquote stuck while they why they have been shit on all their life so to speak how could they change that thought pattern if they're above seven years old well first of all you have to recognize that because i'm above seven years old and i saw this those self-destructive patterns was harming me from getting to where I want to go. I was ruining relationships with people around me, and I didn't want to keep going down that path. So I look at this whole life as it's a journey. It's an individual journey that we're all taking. Everything that we went to, through brought us to where we're at today. So first, we got to understand that the only way we can change our world is to truly change our thinking. It's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a lot harder done than said. Because every day you wake up, the cortisol level is going to be high. So you're going to be thinking about negativity. So now you might want to think about the dad that left you, the person that did something wrong and violated you. But if you do that, you will wire it into your brain and you will see more of those experiences. So first and foremost, we got to understand who we are and how everything operates. And we got to know that the only thing we can do is change the way we think. And anybody that feels shitted on, that feel like their life isn't worthy, they don't have a purpose, you know what I would tell you to do? Be in service to humanity. Find somebody else to pour into, to give into. That alone will start to make you feel better and have a, have a different type of purpose. But we're going to have to change this from the outside, from the inside out. That's the only way it's going to start. When I thought I was invaluable, when I thought that my life didn't matter, then I, I engaged in self-destructive behavior myself. It wasn't until I found self-love that I started to do things that would, that, that would benefit me and my future. So first of all, we got to love ourselves. And part of my whole mission is to let you know, hold on, you're a part of creation. Like, think about it. You breathe, the trees need you. You breathe out what the trees need. They breathe out what you need. We're all connected. Have you looked at a picture of your lungs and a picture of the trees? They look identical. You are nature. See, this world makes you seem insignificant, but you are so much more, it, it, it's only one of you. Anybody out there listening, you are one-to-one. -one. So we know if this, is, if this is only one or two cars, the value goes up. It's only one of you. You can never be made again. Think about that. Your parents could try as much as they can and they can't conceive another you. You are special just by being here. It's your birthright to live an abundant life. Don't let the outside world tell you who you're not. That's why they say close the door of your mind and go to your father who's in secret. This is what I tell anybody. And I'm a testament. And all I can do is tell the truth and how it came to me. If you apply the scriptures to yourself individually and your consciousness, then it's all going to make sense why you should love thy neighbor. Like you said, me and you, we are one. Treat your, treat your neighbor as thyself because your neighbor is yourself. Because that, and, and the reason I do a lot of the, 
webinars and talking about the, the mind good and talking about the brain because I want you to understand that universal intelligence that permeates your body. And that's that subconscious. And like right now, what's keeping your heart beating? What's keeping the blood flowing through your body? That's, your, that's the subconscious mind that's doing that. So let's tap into that intelligence instead of our human intelligence. That's why they say the wisdom of man is, 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 is it's a joke in the eyes of God and the eyes of the creator, you know? So let's look at this thing totally different because we've had it all wrong the way we've been looking at it. And, and that's what I tell people. And that's what the whole mission is because if anybody ever felt worthless and like their life didn't care, I would literally sabotage relationships. I would push people away because I thought they're going to leave anyway because I had an abandonment complex because my father wasn't there. Oh, I ain't good enough. And then it's either I was going to live in that or I was going to have to stop and, and deal with my issues. And we all got issues, and that's, that's fine. You know, live out loud. Like, nobody on this planet is walking free of issues. We all got issues. I heard them negative voices and that limitation. And that's why every morning I get up right now to this day. First thing I do, I get up, I go to the mirror. I have to tell myself I love you. I'm happiness. I'm appreciative. I'm thankful. Why? Because I know that's going to facilitate the release of some oxytocin and some serotonin. That's going to help that cortisol. When I take that deep breath, that's going to raise those IGA levels and lower that cortisol. When I sit down, I ran out of my um, gratitude book, right? So what I do? I take my notebook. Hopefully you can see this. Uh, I don't know it's kind of, but anyway, it might be messing up. But every morning, I am thankful for. I am thankful for. I am thankful. Uh, talk about all the stuff I'm grateful for. How how I will show gratitude today. When I sit down and start writing that, I start smiling to myself sometimes as I'm thinking about something I'm grateful for. So what I know about science is when I smile, my brain reacts in kind. My brain, the fact that I smile, now my brain feel like everything is okay, and it starts to release more serotonin and dopamine. So you can trick your brain into this chemistry because your blood is the life force, and it's just basically a mixture of chemicals and, uh, chemicals and hormones, and they're going to determine how you feel. So I get up and go to that, and then you'll see me work out early. You know how many times I've been feeling a certain way that I go work out? Again, that acute stress, helps the body. It, turn, it changes that chemical composition. But it's an everyday thing that we have to do. That's why I even talk about sleep. We're facing a sleep loss epidemic in the industrialized world. If people understood how getting enough sleep regulates the part of the brain that deals with emotions, yeah. so we can handle our emotions a lot better. It's so many things we can do that don't cost us a dime. You know what? You just said something really important. You said about smiling, right? Smiling is contagious. Think about what's going on right now. They're covering the smile because they don't want the joy. They, 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 they killed me when I said that. Like, cause I, I asked a question, right? So anybody out there listening, this, I did a webinar on telomeres <laughs> and I was like, look, I'm just going to ask this question. I, I said, because first of all, deep breathing, I didn't know this until I started studying that 70% of our waste is expelled through our lungs. Wow. 19% through, listen, check this out, 19% through perspiration. Let's make sure these numbers add up. 19% through perspiration, 8% through urination, and 3% through defecation. And, and, and you know, a lot of people, now I was surprised with that, but a lot of times us going to the bathroom is because we eat entirely too much. The most meals that we eat in the United States are three or four times as big as our stomach. But most of our our, our toxins are released through our lungs. So after, the, after our 20s, we lose 9 to 25% of our lung functionality. That's why doing that deep breathing is essential because it helps. So the first thing I said, I was like, and then I was like, well, damn, if we can't breathe out, then we can't get the toxins out of our body. 
And we know that toxins in our body is what make us sick. That's what the whole immune system is trying to do, get these pathogens out of our body. So I just said, hey, this is what I said. I said that. And then I said, then the fact that when you smile, it's contagious. And that, that helps build up the immune system. And we can't see the smiles. Not only that, I took it a step further. It's a thing called social cohesion. And the science has shown that if you live in a neighborhood where people are nice and friendly and you don't feel threatened, you live longer. It doesn't matter the socioeconomic status or what. If you live in a, in, a, in a neighborhood where it's the opposite, you live shorter and they live, live less. And what they did was they equated the length of our telomeres to the social cohesion. And they showed that the less, the less co social cohesion, the shorter the telomeres are. But what happens is, so then me just thinking, you know, probably Corey, just be real, you know, I'm out here in Carolina. I'm in California, I might have been, been, been uh, meditating one day and I'm just thinking, <laughs> and look, I'm thinking, and I'm like, well, if they tell us to stay six feet apart from each other, so if I see you and walking down the neighborhood, and I feel like I'm gonna get an infection or something from you, and I immediately avoid you, then subcon, then on the, on a biological level, it's no cohesion. It's almost like living in a neighborhood where we are scared, and on a biological level, that's actually killing us. That's shortening our telomeres. So I said the fact that that you can't see the smile and you can't breathe out the toxins i was like are they trying to kill us you know and people people really got mad at me but i'm like look i ain't really heard nothing to do to abuse the, the, to actually boost the immune system like i hear we need to have a strong immune system but you haven't told the people anything about boosting the immune system you got us indoors when it's a fact that most people suffer from vitamin d deficiency yeah you know what I mean? So if you're not, you know, I'm taking my supplement. I've been doing it a while because I knew I was deficient, but you got to get that sunlight, you know, sitting in there, closing the gyms, the people can't exercise. We know more fat holds more toxins in the body, you know? So I'm just looking at the, I don't deny the virus, the science. I'm questioning, I'm questioning the response to everything, especially when the response can make certain small businesses lose their livelihood while other corporations are able to thrive and billionaires are able to make billions, it seems kind of unfair that we you you know that that we're using this and we all know the government says uh, we don't let no crisis go to waste, no no good crisis go to waste. Right. That's just a fact in government, whether you Democrat or Republican. I, I don't choose no size. Right wing, left wing, same bird. It's all the same bird. Yeah, you know I mean, they behind closed doors. Politics doing what they do. You know what I mean? Divide and conquer. Look, they got us fighting over color, over black and white, and all of that. Why they take everything? You know what? Classism is something too. You know, when you got a certain people at the top that feel like they better and they controlling the society, they controlling all the means of wealth, and they controlling our very livelihood. You know me. I can go deeper, and I know we don't got a whole lot of time. The universe supports every other species, but what? how do we end up paying for land that didn't cost them nothing? Like the first person that sold land, who did you get it from? Like you just said, this is my land and I'm gonna take this. And you know, I got the biggest gun. So hey, what are you gonna do? Right. You know what I mean? So we fight over borders. The earth didn't come with borders. Man made these borders and all of these divisions. When I was down the dirt road, you know what that boy said to me? If it divides or labels people, it's an illusion. Ooh, that's so I could not understand that, Corey. I promise you. But I said, you know what? I will live from this premise. I can't touch my mind, but I can think I know it's real. 
my soul is real, but I can't touch it. So maybe what I can touch is not real. Then I find out this is just electrical impulses in the brain that's making all this appear to be solid. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So don't get into the whole division and all of that right there or whatever. I'm not even going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, a lot of people, I won't play that game with them. You know what I mean? I, I just won't play that game because that's what the voice told me. And, and, and this is what I say, Corey. I've been in trouble two times in my life when I was a kid, when I was younger. That voice told me to do something, and I went against it. And that told me right then, never, ever doubt that voice. No matter what, whether I can see it or not, do not doubt that voice. And I honestly believe everything happens for a reason. And I believe that happened to me so that, so that as I went on this journey, that no matter what, I would believe that. And what they say, judge not by appearances. Right. Don't pay the outside world, no, judge not by appearances. You know well, what I mean? So to that point, Henry, people say, oh, man, I got a gut feeling. There's a damn good reason for that. Oh, no. Listen, join this next webinar on Mind Good. You got a scientists don't know quite yet, but it's between 106 million um, nerve cells in the gut. But we have 193 intuition cells, if I'm not mistaken. We have 184,000 by the time we're four years old. By the time we're an adult, we have 193 intuition cells. This is a true thing, and it's actually January 27th is when I'm doing the mind gut, and I'm talking about that second brain and, and the gut feeling. The gut feeling is real. You got to listen to that gut feeling. Gotta That's listen. the second brain. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. Well, Henry, sure, listen, sure. dude. Uh, can you tell everybody where to find you, where to find the webinar, where they can follow you, all the things that where they can find you? This has been such an amazing conversation, man. I, I've been looking forward to this for, as you know, weeks. So thank you so much, brother. Can you oh, yeah. tell somebody where they can find you and... Yeah, of course. And whenever you're ready to talk again, we'll link our calendars. But um, so on IG, it's just at Henry Kellum. YouTube, Henry Kellum. You can go to www.henrykellum.com and find everything I have there. I just dropped my, my, my album, Corey. I'm so excited. Like, I just believe that voice. That's why I was like, I don't know if I'm crazy or what. I done packed my family up, move all the way across country. But my song, Dirt Road to Rodeo, is dropping in a couple of days. And I'm so excited because I never did music. But that voice just told me to do this, and it came out. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to live my life chasing that voice. Maybe I never even, you know, maybe at the end of the day, his tombstone going to be like, now, this guy was one lunatic. He actually thought. But you know what? It's been so fun. Like I said, the opportunity to be here. I got a listening party I'm going to be doing in a couple of weeks. Like, I really love this journey. So, um, like I tell everybody, check me out. I'll be doing the webinars. Um, the webinars are on Zoom, but you can find a link in my uh, bio to, to, to take you to the webinars and find it on my uh, website. But let's just join this movement and let's all of us be the change. You know, so often we wait on somebody else to do it. We look into the world and we say that's not right and we don't like that. Well, we, we, we be the change. Let's usher in the change in this new way of thinking. You know what I mean? Because if we be silent and, and, and the people with bad intentions be loud, then they're going to drown us out. So we just got to keep going. We just got to be like the, the sun and just shine and just give. And, you know, each one teach one and we keep going, man. You know what I mean? You got it, brother. You have Dirt got Road it. Road Rodeo, y'all. Remember that. And listen, another thing, Corey, you know I'm long-winded, man. <laughs> the, oh, I gang love it. the gangster mentality. So I tell people, right, I say keep it gangster. So one time I was at a show, I said, you want to see a big-time gangster? And they was like, yeah, I put a picture of Jack Canfield on the stage, right? So the people look, they're like, 70-year-old white man, they're like, he ain't no gangster. What's going on? I'm like, look, 
How many times would you hear the word no before you quit? Jack said, and if he if he just stopped at a hundred no's getting uh, the chicken soup uh, for the soul uh, published, you we wouldn't know who he was today. It took more than a hundred no's to find that one yes, and now they've made billions worldwide. So I said Jack is a gangster because he kept going. So when I say the gangster mentality it has nothing to do with drugs, guns, or violence, it's about persevering, keep going no matter what. It's about the consistency to show up. How many people say they're going to go to the gym and as soon as it's cold outside or the conditions ain't right, they're not going to go. You got to be consistent and go every day. And then you got to have the faith to know in the end it's going to work out. Martin Luther King said you don't have to see the whole staircase in order to take the first step. What I learned is if you take a couple steps, then everything will come towards you. So, you know, keep it gangster. If you hear HK, yeah, keep it gangster. The gangster mentality, perseverance, consistency, and faith. From the dirt road to Rodeo, we all got a dirt road. Whatever we got to overcome in life, whatever those shortcomings is, that's our dirt road. So it, it, it's just about a journey. And it's about a journey of transformation and growth from within and knowing, learning the truth about who we are. That's all it's about. And, and we good. So I, I, I keep talking, so I'm going to let you go ahead out of here, Corey, because you know me. Man, I, I keep going. Thank you so much, my man. I really, really appreciate this. It just has been such a great honor just to have you on and, and have an opportunity to hear you know, all your thoughts on all the things that we've talked about. So I, I really appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This, 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 this is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.